Welcome to the story behind her success with Candy O'Terry, presented by Boston Women in Media and Entertainment. Long before millions of people around the world watched her design over-the-top dresses for the TLC reality series, My Big Fat American Gypsy Wedding, and the new spin-off, Gypsy Sisters, Sandra Celli has been making stunning designs for infants, children, and women of all ages, shapes, and sizes. You might say it's in her blood, and Bling is definitely her middle name. Sandra is the daughter of Yolanda Salucci, a.k.a. Boston's favorite fashionista, and she grew up with a clear understanding of the kind of effort it takes to turn her dream into a success story. Sandra, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. It is so good to see you. So so let's tell your story. I remember interviewing your mom years ago, and of course, this is not the first time you and I have had a, a chat either, but she told me about the early years of her career. You and your sister, little girls, she's selling wigs out of the trunk of her car. So what do you remember about that time in your life and watching your mom make her way in a really tough business? Well, I remember her coming to school in red in a red wig in the morning and picking us up as a blonde because she was selling wigs in those days. So she always had different color hair at the end of the day. So my sister and I would be saying, is that mom? Is that mom? But it was always mom. But she always had something different on and different hair because that's what she was doing, selling clothing and wigs. She was changing all day. And then my sister would say to me, she's late. She forgot us. And I'd say, she didn't forget us. She probably has an appointment. And then my mother would pull up. I'm so sorry. I forgot you guys (laughs) after I was trying to calm Linda down. But I mean, it was just she was busy and she fit it all in. She showed up at every school thing that she could possibly do. And she was kind of the Harper Valley PTA mom in those days because a lot of these mothers didn't work. And my mother was really busy. Well, that's the next question that I was going to ask you. I was actually just going to make a statement and say, you know, this was back in the day when women were staying at home. They were taking care of their kids, dinner at five o'clock sharp, and your mom worked outside the house. And and I guess we would consider her a real rebel for that time. And to add to that, as I like to say, Miss Yolanda wears hats that enter the room before she does. And there's even a museum in Boston with her clothes in it. Yeah, I mean, come on. What's it like to have a mother like that? We used to make jokes about it, that there were just trails of feathers in the house and she'd sprinkle rhinestones on our cereal or whatever. It's just her. It's her character. It's the way my mom is. And you can't change your mom. Your mom is your mom. And that's my mom. And I love her. That's the way she is. And we were just raised around tons of bling and tons of fashion. I mean, it was just a changing thing every single day. She had new outfits on and she'd create outfits. When she started that business, my parents really didn't have any money. I mean, they just started from the rock bottom and she sold wigs out of the car. And that's how we started. And I remember being schlepped around. And if you were good, you got an ice cream and you had to be really good. And that's the way it was. And and we did homework in the back of the store and she'd come in and help us. And then she'd go back out to a customer. And I was raised in the back of the store. For listeners, just so I can paint a picture, this woman really is and was a fashionista. And there's nobody quite like Miss Yolanda of Boston. She had a unique out-of-the-box idea to create a lifestyle brand. So can you sort of paint a picture of your mom's business for everybody? Yeah, my mom's business was a store that was an all-in-one way back before it was really popular. And there was a, a, a cafe and a beauty shop and a health club and a bridal store and a regular, you know, a store for um, regular street clothes for every day. She sold a lot of working women their wardrobes. 
bend over backwards for people. We had facials, we had wigs, we had everything. I remember a dress not coming in and she could not get it from New York fast enough because there was no FedEx and UPS. I'm talking years ago. And her and my dad sat in the store all night and they paid a taxi to drive it from New York and they never went to bed until that dress showed up. I mean, that was the service we gave to people. You know, and that's my next question. I got to believe that you you got your work ethic from your mom. Oh, I work crazy, crazy. I have an employee this paycheck last week was 79 hours. So if she was there for 79 hours, I was there for 85 because I'm there before and I'm there after. I've also got to believe, though, Sandra, that you learned a lot about being an entrepreneur from your mother. What were some of those lessons? First of all, you never take anyone's money unless you can deliver. So we are really committed to delivering. I mean, if somebody wants a dress and I promise them for Saturday, if I don't go to bed, that dress is there. I have really good reputation for delivering. Also, quality is huge. You must give somebody every dime and more of what they paid. Myself as a designer, I work really hard to make sure people get over-the-top clothes. And that's what they come to me for. And everything today is cookie cutter. And when they come to me, they can get something that isn't cookie cutter. If you look back on your childhood, what was the message from your parents about work, about career, about dreams, about goals? What was the message in your house? The message in our house, honestly, my mother used to say to us, find what you want to do and the money will come. Follow your dreams. Don't take a job for another dollar an hour. While people are doing that, they're still waiting for another dollar an hour. Do what you want to do. And you have to work a lot of hours. It might as well be something you want to do. You know, it wasn't your mother who taught you how to sew. She's somebody who loves selling beautiful clothes and and created a whole lifestyle brand. But where did you learn how to sew? Well, my grandmother babysat a lot because my mother was running a business back then. And when I hit about 12, 13, like most kids, I said, oh, I really don't want to go to my grandmother's house anymore. I want to be at my own home. I was, you know, a teenager. So my mother hired a woman who could sew and babysit. And she taught me. Now, my grandmother taught me, too. But my grandmother couldn't read English, and she couldn't write. I learned to see it and make it. That's what I was taught by her. When I got this other woman as a babysitter, it was more conventional, which was great. So I got the mix. Fascinating. So what do you get as a designer for sewing, using your creative juices? Are you kind of in the zone, Sandra, like, like a writer would be when you're creating something? You know, everything gives me inspiration, a bowl of fruit, a box of crayons, a carpet, I pull the colors out of it. I see it as pockets. I see it as trim. It's just just the way it is. My head goes like that. This morning, I was cutting dresses before I came here, and I had a hair appointment, and I missed it. I was so into cutting dresses, I totally forgot I was supposed to get my hair done. I get into it, and I'm just, like, cutting like a mad woman. I think that's pretty rare when a woman misses her hairdressing (laughs) appointment. You're in a league of your own right over there. Fashion is obviously in your blood, but you wanted to carve out your own unique space, kind of, as Sandra Celli. So you started your journey. You attended the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York City, pretty famous place. What was that experience like for you? Well, you know, I majored in menswear. We were the very first menswear class ever. There was 12 of us. I ended up, I always wanted to be in menswear, 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 and my first jobs were in menswear. And then I happened to design something for my sister. And she was a model, and she didn't get the job, but they said, we love your clothes. Who did them? And they hired me and took me to Italy in a week. And I had never done women's clothes. And I said, I can figure this out. So in five days, I drew things up and dug through magazines, and I ended up in the women's business. You know, that's so interesting that you you just said, I can figure this out. Mm -hmm. How much is being brave have to do with being successful? Oh, every day. 
every day because some people give us eight and ten thousand dollar wedding gowns and want them cut into christening gowns for their grandchildren. I mean, if you take a scissor to that and you ruin it, you're dead. And believe me, my heart beats every time I cut into those dresses. Part of a designer's training includes apprenticeships. And you just mentioned that particular designer really liked you and brought you to Italy. What's it like when you have an apprenticeship and you're working for someone? Is it almost like a mentoring experience? How does that work as a young designer? I've had a lot of mentors over the year. I mean, I think when I started in this business, as much as my mom knew, my mother was in Boston and I was in New York. So I hooked up with other people, obviously. And I was also a designer and my mother was a retailer. So I had to learn other parts of the business. So it's like being, you know, a high heel designer and trying to make sneakers. I mean, it's two different things. I had a lot of mentors over the year, and they've really helped me. There's so many people. You gained a lot of real-world retail experience, not just from your mom, but by working at prestigious fashion houses. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, when I was 15, I wanted to go to Europe to this school. In those days, they used to have a Scholastic International team program, and I went the whole summer to six different countries, to Emilio Pucci and Christian Dior and Burger Christians and Furs in Denmark. And it was a major experience. And my parents paid $66 a month for three years to pay it off. <laughs> and I traveled the world. And they could never do that today. But it really, I came home at 15 and I said, that's it, I'm moving to New York. And I moved within a year and a half. As soon as I got out of school, boom, I was on a plane. Designing high-end children's clothing quickly became a passion for you in your early 20s, and you're really very well known for it. What inspired you to pick that particular niche? Well, honestly, when I started the business and I was freelancing for these people in Italy, I didn't have a lot of capital. I started doing sweaters in those days because children's clothing were smaller units and I didn't need a lot of capital. So I would produce five sweaters and then sell 10 and then produce 10 more and then keep take the money and then make 20. And then pretty soon I hired someone. And before you know it, it was just it was getting bigger and bigger. Wow. So you went out on your own in 1984 with the creation mm -hmm. of the Sandra Celli Company. Do you remember that moment? Were you scared? Of course. Of course. I was eating spaghetti for weeks. There was, I mean, all the money that I had would go into materials so that I could produce things. It's scary. Please support our sponsors. They make this show possible. More than 30,000 families and businesses have trusted TechHelpBoston.com since the year 2000. Dave Elmazian, president of TechHelpBoston, with the reasons why. We like to establish a relationship with our customers, and the best way to do that is see them in their natural setting, so to speak, and that's in their home. We come to you, we work with you on your equipment in a setting that's comfortable for you, and also we can test better that way, because if you have a printing problem or whatever, and we bring it to a shop, it may work great in the shop, but it might not work in your home. So this way we know for sure everything is working the way that it should. TechHelpBoston.com. Their experts will come to your home or office to fix your computer same day, next day, and weekends, too. Visit TechHelpBoston.com. That's TechHelpBoston.com. Thanks for listening to the story behind her success. This is Candy O'Terry, and in the spotlight, internationally known crystal couture designer and TV personality, Sandra Celli. Yes, she's the star of the TLC reality show, My Big Fat American Gypsy Wedding, and this is her success story. So let's pick up the story about your brand, because it's all about the bling. Describe that to our listeners. Well, when I originally started years ago and I, I picked up different clientele, it was because my clothes were very trimmy. I mean, they might not have been Swarovski Crystal in those days because that wasn't as popular, but they were fringy and had some fur trim and things like that. Some department stores picked me up. 
other people found me from being in the department stores and then the department stores were running ads in town and country and Vogue and things I could never have afforded. So they were promoting me and promoting me and promoting me. So I was building my name. As it evolved, it just fell into Crystal and Crystal has become my status uh, signature now. So we do put bling on pretty much everything. We've even blinged toilet paper. Well, the women who sew all of those genuine Swarovski mm-hmm. crystals are called your blingettes. Yes, they are. And we hire a lot of students from the design schools in Boston. Now, I was in New York for 22 years, so when I moved here, I had to get a whole new staff. So it's trained by us. Actually, the design students have creativity, obviously, but no one is taught to use Swarovski crystal with different cements and different threads and different things to you know to apply. Your studio is located in Waltham. That's a a city that's just outside of Boston. It's along the Charles River. It's really a pretty area where you are. You also, though, in your studio have the world's most expensive tricked out dressing room. Yes. Can you tell us about that? I do. We have a dressing room that is completely covered in Swarovski crystal. And our blingettes put the stones on one by one. And then we have big rock crystals that are hanging from it. And it's, it's pretty amazing. It's an amazing dressing room. What is it like to design something for someone and then to see it on them? We love to see it on them. Sometimes people come in and they pick it up. We always say to them, send us a picture when you get to the affair, the bas mitzvah, you know, if if it's a ballroom dance or whatever, especially the women that sew it. It's such satisfaction. When you make someone smile, it's great. Or if you get someone heavy and you want to make them look pretty and they feel great. Or sometimes in bas mitzvah, because of the age of the kids, you get a real little petite kid who really wants to look like a grown-up girl, and they look adorable. You know, you you feel you feel good, like you did something great for somebody. Enter TLC back in mm-hmm. 2012, a reality show called My Great Big American Gypsy Wedding. How did the network find out about you? How'd that whole thing evolve? Well, I actually was working for American Gypsies on top of everything else, and they found me through a department store. The show was big in Europe. They decided to bring it to the U.S., and so they Facebooked the American Gypsies, and the Gypsies gave them my cell phone number. Describe American Gypsies. American Gypsies are mostly Irish, Scottish, English, Romanian travelers that come into this country, or tinkers, or whatever you want to call them, and that pave and paint and own small companies, and they marry their children off at a younger age, and so they need clothing because they can't find a wedding gown for somebody younger. And they're usually intermarried. It's a cultural thing, and it's been around for years. And they were part of the show in Europe, and when they wanted to bring the show here, they called me. What's it like to be part of a TV series, Sandra? Because, I, you know, obviously, ooh, you're, you're on a TV show, you know, that sounds very romantic. It's almost like being on the air here in Boston for as many years as I have, and I would say to people, well, you know, I am in my pajamas, <laughs> as long as I sound good. You know, there's an up and there's a down to doing a TV show. It's exhausting. Well, the hard part about the TV show is that the film team comes in, I put a battery pack on, I'm filming the show, but at the same time, I have other customers' goods that have to go out. Whenever they're filming something else for five minutes in in the other room or doing something else that has to do with the story, I jump into the main room and I cut out someone else's dress and then I throw that at someone and then they come back in and I smile and I'm back on TV again. So nobody sees what goes on behind the scenes. So it sounds to me, though, like you're turning into a pro. I don't think you could do that when we first talked about this years ago. When they first used to come, I used to be so nervous. And now I'm just got my cup of coffee. They're showing up. Okay, fine. I film, I do what I got to do, and I do that all day. It is hard because the show doesn't give you a lot of times to turn a dress. They give you two days. 
So you got a big, massive dress that has to be out in 48 hours on the same thing. You can't tell your customers, gee, I'm really sorry. I'm doing a TV show today. Your they dress is backed up. They don't care. They want their dress. <laughs> These dresses cost a lot of money. Yes, they do. And the gypsy culture loves things that are over the top. Do us a favor and describe maybe one of your favorite creations. Well, my favorite creation on the whole show, and we're on season six right now, was a dress made out of fresh flowers. It was absolutely gorgeous. And then, of course, part of the story was the dress would die, which it did. And then I had to fly to West Virginia and recreate the dress. So the problem with that was West Virginia just does not have the kind of flowers <laughs> that we have in Boston. <laughs> I mean, they're really limited to roses and carnations. And, you know, and over here I was using delphiniums and orchids. And I recreated it with what was in West Virginia. But it was hard. It was a really hard job to turn that dress wow. twice. Wow. Wow. So on top of that, you've designed the outfits for the New England Patriots, five-time oh. Super Bowl champions. What was that like? Pretty exciting. That's awesome. Actually, I was there last night, and we're working on something new, but they're just awesome. I mean, they're just the greatest girls. They're always hugging and kissing me and thanking me, and I'm saying, I'm getting paid for this job. It's fine, but <laughs> they're great, and I really have such respect for these girls. I mean, they're all trying to go to law school and, and, and do this at night. And I mean, it's just, it's a lot. And they have an amazing director, Tracy Sormonti, who's been there for years and years. You've also got a new partnership with Beacon Adhesives. Do you ever stop? What Now tell us what this is all about. Well, we came up with our own glue because we need certain glues for waterproof things. Like we actually work for swim teams too that do synchronized swimming. So we came up with a glue called PowerTac, which is now in all the stores, but there's also a bling kit that you can get from us or from Beacon Adhesives that has a tool in it that makes putting the bling on a lot easier. So if you wanted to try to be Sandra Celli from the comfort of your own home, you could try to bling out your own outfit using... The bling tool. Yeah, it's a bling tool, and, and it comes with the stones, and it comes with the PowerTac and, and instructions. I don't think I'd be very good at that. Oh, you don't know, Candy. You should try it. I'll teach you. There have been really hard times for you, I am sure, as a small business owner. You're not a small business anymore mm -hmm. because the whole world knows about you. How did you persevere when times were hard? I'm still persevering when times are hard. There are hard times. I mean, it's a small business, so there's ups and downs. You just wait for the orders to come in. Um, I do have other stores that I work for besides my own, you know, that I design for. So they're always kicking in orders. But, you know, it's a little company. I mean, there are weeks that there's so much work. We're working all night and into the middle of the night. And then there are weeks that it's a little low. It's and, of course, different. everybody gets paid before you do. And everybody gets paid before you do. And that, and people don't understand, I mean, the mm -hmm. expense. I mean, if they see a $10,000 dress, they think you made $10,000. They don't realize the crystal's 3500 and the fur trim is 2000 And the markup on this stuff is decent, but it's not what people think. And I think people that own a business totally get that. You have been a working mom your entire career, and I'm mm -hmm. going to guess you missed a lot of things. I know how that feels. Same with me. How mm -hmm. did you handle that? Actually, I really didn't miss much. She was a skater. I traveled a lot. Thankfully, my mom had a sister, too, that was retired. If she had skating in certain places, my aunt would come with me and then stay there, and I could leave. I tried to get to everything. I only have one child. I'm super proud of her. She is now a buyer at Saks Fifth Avenue in New York. How does that make you feel to see your daughter following in your footsteps? Does she come to you for advice all the time? You know, it's amazing. My mom offered her the store. She's the only granddaughter. She didn't want it. I offered to make a few phone calls in New York. She didn't want it. She did it all on her own. I'm extremely proud. She just keeps getting promoted. It's just amazing. Give me the best piece of wisdom you have ever received. And could you pass it along to our listeners today? 
I think the best piece of wisdom I've ever received is basically what my mom said. Follow your dreams. Do you have a bucket list? Don't have time. <laughs> That's probably so true. <laughs> if you did have time for a bucket list, would there ever be another chapter for you? Is there anything up your sleeve you still wish that you could do? I don't plan on retiring, so I guess not. So you're going to be blinging until the day you die? Probably, or let's say this. My daughter's at a marrying age, and she just got engaged, so I'm sure the bucket list will include going to Disney with my grandchildren and doing things with my grandchildren. That's going to be my bucket list. What does success mean to you? I think the biggest thing is a chance to give back. We're big on the veterans. We live in a bubble, and you know there are men sleeping in foxholes, and there's mothers that don't know where their kids are tonight. To me, it's reality check. You know, when you first got started, I can't imagine you had any idea you would be where you are today, doing what you're doing. If you could talk to yourself 20 years ago and give yourself a pat on the back or a little, you know, uh, boost of energy, what would you tell Sandra 20 years ago? I guess what my mom told me, just keep on moving on, keep the dream going, just keep pushing. Um, I, I push. I love what I do. And I don't find it a chore to go to work. And I think that's huge. That's really a huge factor in life. If you've got to hate what you do, it's got to be really difficult. That's and a I long day, what, right? Yeah, it's a long day. And I don't hate what I do. I love it. Well, I want to say thanks so much for sharing your story with us on the story behind her success. Congratulations on, on an incredible career. And I know, as you said, you're just going to keep blinging as long as you can. You got it. Thanks for listening to The Story Behind Her Success with Candy O'Terry, presented by Boston Women in Media and Entertainment. This is a new series with one goal in mind, to shine the spotlight on women doing great things with their lives. We hope these weekly stories will motivate and inspire you. Connect with Candy anytime on Facebook, Twitter, and her website, CandyOterry.com. That's C-A-N-D-Y-O-T-E-R-R-Y.com. You'll find all of these links in the show notes. What's your story? We'd love to hear it.